Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Linda Guild, who is the CEO of TAP. Linda, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming on the show. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself, what TAP is, and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. (laughs) All right. So um, as Timmy said, I'm Linda Giles, and I am the CEO for TAP, which is, stands for the Talented Alliance of Part-Time Professionals. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a sec. And I also run another company that handles associations. So um, if you think of like the Bar Association or the Medical Association, we run some smaller organizations. So I'm responsible, I think, for nine companies currently, which is kind of crazy. And, um, and so TAP came out of our, my primary company, which is the Guild Associates. And we saw a gap really in the, the workplace around part-time and decided to form an organization to create a place where individuals can get more resources so that they can be, you know, if they want to work part-time and want to learn how to be a good part-time professional we have resources for them. And then companies that are saying, hey, I need someone part-time to do X. We also have resources for them. Um, all right, so you asked that and then you asked me what I like to do for fun. Yes. Um, so I actually really like my work. So that is actually fun for me. Um, I play a lot of golf during the summer. I live in New England. So right now there's snow on the ground and golf is not part of my <laughs> day-to-day activities but in the summer I'll play golf with my husband um I love to read I love to learn like I just think it's fun you know meeting new people learning and doing things like that um I spend a lot of time walking um I right now have a two-year-old standard poodle in my possession I'm taking care of him for a friend and so you know he makes sure that I get that four or five miles worth of walking in a, you know, a day, even when it's 10 degrees out and, and it's miserable, um, which is awesome. And, and I love to travel. So I've had some fun travels in my, my time. And, you know, like I said, I like to learn new things. So um, it's a yeah. little bit, a little bit about me. I love that. I love that. Um, kudos to you for being able to bear the cold and walk that four to five miles because uh, <laughs> I'm in Texas and we had it froze a little bit here like I'm like right under freezing like 30 degrees and we just had uh, a water boil notice for like the past two or three days where we Ooh. couldn't drink any of our water we had to boil it before we drink it <laughs> and you know I just don't like the cold and neither does anybody else in Texas so <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting. I think that thir- that 30, 35 and damp is the worst weather on the planet. Mm. So when it's colder than that and it's a little bit drier, the sun's out, it's great. But you also have to dress for it. So 
you know, um, very often if you were to, to say, Hey, can you jump on a zoom? I'll have a scarf wrapped around my neck, even in my office. And, you know, you have the layers and you're like, okay, I'm good. I have my layers on. And that's what having a dog though is really good for is the dog doesn't actually care. So, right. So he's like, it's cold. I need to go for a walk. I'm not allowed to go by myself. Therefore (laughs) you must come with me. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like it's, you know, for me, it kind of like grounds me. Like it kind of allows you just to kind of move and get fresh air and yeah, it's just kind of grounding. I don't know how to explain it other than that. No, there we go. That actually, (laughs) the whole getting outdoors and being grounded in the outdoors like that comes up a lot in the pot. It's something I've learned. Like (laughs) I'm I'm a younger guy and people are always like, yeah, getting outdoors just really helps me. And I took that for, uh, I took advantage or I'm yeah. saying that right, but I took it for granted. There we go. Mm-hmm. I took that for granted when I was younger. Cause I was always out playing football, playing sports and stuff. Yep. And I'm like, man, the sun is great. Yeah. And you have to be intentional, right? Like in, when we're kids, you do, you just go outside and you, you know, you throw a football or you run around or you're in sports. And then as an adult, you know, you're, even if you work in an office or you work in retail, you have to be intentional to go outside. And I'm lucky because the dogs come to work with us. And, you know, so two or three times a day, they're being brats saying, I need to go outside. And I live, one of the interesting things with New England, and I'm totally going off topic with you, but um, is a lot of the communities have great sidewalks. So it's really easy to walk and get places so you know I'll walk all all over the the town that my office is in and it's all sidewalks it's all safe um it's it's awesome actually (laughs) there we go go. I love it (laughs) well let's jump into your motivation now what gets you up and keeps you going every day well things like this I love having conversations whether they're random or strategic um, and feeling like we're helping people they, through, you know, like I said, I really like my both tap and, and the guild associates, like it's fun to, to do the strategy. It's fun to meet people and really feel like you're, you have the ability to help someone accomplish something. Um, with tap, one, one of the fun things that we're doing is you know, helping companies to, to start at the beginning and saying, okay, how do I hire someone correctly? You know, what do I really need them to do? And it's like, to me, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm such a dork, but I love to, to help figure that out and hear what do they need, you know, that, um, and have those conversations and, and, learn from someone else. Like I'm so blessed in the people that I get to work with through clients and learn what they need and have a dialogue. So it's not about being right. It's, you know, saying, Hey, did you think about this? And sometimes the answer says yes. And I completely disagree with you. Okay. That's cool. Right. Like, or no, I didn't think about that. And I still don't agree with you. (laughs) Or sometimes, Oh yeah, we missed that. 
you know, well, we need to do this. And so, I mean, I just, I, I, I'm that crazy morning person anyway, but, you know, I love getting up and saying, okay, what are we going to get done? And, you know, what am I going to learn today and, and move things forward and, you know, um, yeah. So my motivation really is to, to be there, help people and help make connections, which is a lot of what your podcast is all about. I loved that piece. You always ask people, Hey, if this resonates with, with them, connect with someone, you know, and who do you know that can help make this dream come true? And I think that's a lot of what my day job is, is, is making some of those connections just in general for, for my clients and hopefully making their, their worlds a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I was, um, I was reading over the stuff that you sent me before the podcast. And when I saw that, I was like, Ooh, we're going to click. We are right on the same page on that. Something I wanted to ask you about was, I know you talked a lot about communication and then sometimes people disagree or sometimes you'll be like, have you thought of this? All that good stuff. Tell us about how you handle situations when you meet or try to communicate with very stubborn people that aren't willing to like listen or they only want to be heard or like whatever it may be. I think some of it for me is taking a step back and, and just trying to figure out where they're coming from and understanding that sometimes their reaction has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're, there's people that are willing to listen. Um, and sometimes there's, you, you come across those people that, that you actually know that they're not going to. So you, it's, are you doing it to, to prove a point? Are you doing it to try and change someone's mind or really just, is it a dialogue? And I'm lucky in the way I'm structured with a lot of my clients is that I'm part of a dialogue with them. And so you, you, you can hear when someone's kind of grounded in where they're, they're at. And there, there may be conversations that you might get someone else involved that they'll listen to better. So that's the other thing is to, to not, for me at least, understanding that, you know, it's kind of, I mean, you've seen this with parents, right? Like, hey, you know, dad's going to be better to get to t- talk to so-and-so, you know, this child about this, whereas mom's better this, right? Like, or, you know, a friend or that non-parent. And it's the same in business is, who does this person really respect and listen to that at least they may hear that perspective, right? And it doesn't have to be from me. And for me, I think sometimes when someone's really stubborn, you have to say, okay, is it worth changing their mind on it? You know, why do I want to? What's, you know, is there something in it for me that really isn't coming from the right place anyway? Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, now I'll watch it with clients sometimes if, you know, sometimes there'll be a vote on something and you can see someone's really gung ho for it. And there's an interesting law in Massachusetts, which is for boards of directors, they're supposed to all, um, it's you not supposed to have anything in writing as a vote unless everyone votes and it's unanimous. Oh, wow. And the reason behind it, if I understand it correctly, and hopefully if someone hears this, I'm not wrong, 
is that if everyone has to be on the phone or in person, then you can hear that other person's point of view. Right. So if I don't give you a chance to talk or I've already I'm I'm the powerful person or I think you're the most powerful person, you say I'm for X. And I think mm, I wasn't really for it, but Timmy's for it and he's really smart. So I'm going to say yes. But in the room, someone might look at my face and say, hey, it seemed like you might have, a, you know, something to say. Yeah. And I might change your mind. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, yeah, the really stubborn, it's, it's a tough one. I think it's really kind of asking them why, you know, why do they, you know, why do they believe that? And not in a judgmental or that they're wrong, but why, you know, help me understand you. I love that you said that <clears throat> a book that I really, really liked. I read it a couple years back. It's called never split the difference by Chris Voss. It's a little weird. He calls it tactical empathy, which when you think about empathy, you don't really want it to be tactical, but he was um, a hostage negotiator for the FBI, okay. which is why it was tactical empathy. Really. <laughs> <laughs> like when he was negotiating with terrorists, it wasn't really a very genuine empathy, but he talked about if you can get the person to say that's right and mm -hmm. that like like when you're repeating back how they feel to them they're like that's right if you can get them to that point where they feel understood then you can really start to build that bridge and like actually communicate um what you have to communicate and then you'll be heard too so um i just think that's an important concept of like when you meet somebody that's really stubborn hear them seek to understand them and like figure out hey why are you feeling like this because chances are they're a rational logical but also emotional human that mm -hmm. feel neglected right now yeah and, and um there's a another podcast i listened to with a guy named jocko willig and he was talking about this have you do you listen to jocko sometimes you smiled I, um, I just love jocko i haven't i haven't listened to his podcast in depth but i love jocko <laughs> yeah well you need like three hours to to listen to his podcast oh. but <laughs> He said the same thing is that sometimes you can get someone, even if they're being extreme, if you go more extreme than they do on a topic that now you're agreeing with them when they think you're not going to agree. And it, it can change that dynamic. It was, it was very interesting when he was like talking it. about that. But, you know, I think that, you know, hey, I, I don't, I had even just saying something like, hey, I hadn't really thought about it that way. Can you explain more of why? you know why you think that um and you know do it as mild as that so it doesn't that doesn't feel attacking right like hey i don't i hadn't thought about it that way or oh i'm missing something or you know because just because the person's stubborn doesn't make them wrong yeah and maybe right. i'm wrong right like that's the other piece of it is really thinking through you know two things one could you be the person that's wrong that you, you're missing a piece of information, right? Hadn't thought about it. Someone has a different perspective. And, and I mean, I think that happens all the time in our society is I grew up over here. I have this one window and I'm looking out over, you know, the water here. So I've never seen the mountains and don't know X, right? Um, the other thing is, do we talk just to talk? Yeah. You know, are you adding to a conversation? Are you, you know, 
did everyone else say the same thing, but you need to make sure that your voice is heard because of something dumb. <laughs> yep. yeah. Because of that ego, because of something, something you got going on. But um... yeah, I mean, it is, it's ego, right? But I think, I think that making someone else feel understood and, you know, I'd love to say that I'm, I'm really good at it all the time. I'm, you know, Nobody. I'm like everyone that I, I'm just as impatient as the next person and sometimes don't do it. But when you can do it well, it's fun, you oh, know, yeah. or when you watch someone else do it well, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's awesome. Well, let's jump into your dreams and goals now. What's your vision for your life and your two companies? So um, my vision for my life is just to really have I, I mean, I feel like where I'm at to a large degree is, is a lot of my vision for my life. I'm, you know, I have a great husband. I have loving family and really great people that are in my life from my, my team. Um, love to be able to travel and, and a little bit more than I've traveled. I don't think a lot of us have traveled in the last two years, but, um, you know, Bob and I have talked about like, you know, going to Normandy and doing some of the World War II things and same in Hawaii, like some, some fun things like that as we've gotten older. Um, but for TAP, so my big hairy goal is less around my, my the guy on the associates and, and really around TAP. So TAP, as I said, is for the Talented Alliance of Part-Time Professionals. And my big hairy goal for it is that when you think of um, part-time, you think of TAP, just like when you think of retired persons you think of AARP Hmm. so that there is a resource that um that TAP is serving the 17 million people that work part-time in our country and that they have a resource and that they're respected and that companies also you know have a resource and are able to to go and say yeah part-time is valuable to our team as full-time and not, I want to be really clear with this because it's one of the things I've heard, well, they're hiring part-time so that they don't have to hire full-time. That's not my goal with this whatsoever. I believe that if you need a full-time person, you should hire a full-time person. But, you know, if you need someone to help produce a podcast and put out some social, you know, and edit it, you may not need a full-time person if you're a small team, but yep. you need someone really good, right? That's, um, or might for graphic design or a small company may not need someone full-time for accounting, but they want that long-term person that's part of their team. And then that individual has it. So, yeah, so we, you know, I want that, I want there to be that, those resources and that a part-time person doesn't feel like a second-class citizen. Um, so, and then for the Gallup Associates, I just want to continue with what we're doing in the sense of continue to serve our clients at the highest level and continue to have really interesting people that I get to, to interact with. So, I love that. I love that. For the um, for TAP, mm-hmm. do you guys, like, tell us a little bit more about what you exactly do for the part-time employees and, like, what resources you're providing. And so for the part-timers listening to this, they're like, hey, I need help with this what what is that thing so we um what we're we're doing and we're on a journey ourselves 
um, we first off, we have a career um, center. So where people can go and look for, for part-time jobs. Um, if someone goes there and they, they um, put in their resume, that's one way that we add them onto our email list that would give them tips on things to think about as a part-time person to be, um, you know, whether it's during the job hunt or, you know, say they have kids of the balance, some of the balancing that goes on and the negotiation. Um, we're putting together a course for someone who wants to work part-time um, looking at it, uh, especially for the person that may not have been in the workforce for a little bit. So like a stay at home mom that's choosing to go back to work of helping that individual figure out what do they want? So, you know, just because you might've been an engineer before, do you want to be an engineer still? Do you want that, the pressure of the deadlines? You know, why are you working? Is it to have, um, more, interaction with adults. Well, if you want more interaction with adults, then, and it's a stay at a job that you're working from home and they don't have a lot of, you know, meetings and stuff, you're missing that piece. So we have a process to take someone through to help them understand themselves. So they know what they want before they, they start the job search and, and understanding, you know, what are they bringing to the table? where their value is and what's important to them and, and understanding that everyone's so different. You know, um, I've had a part-time person work for me that, you know, wanted as much responsibility as she could take. And I've had part-time work for me that, Hey, I'm here. What do you want me to do? Okay. Bye. And fabulous people, like not, not judging either one. But, you know, the person that's like, great, I'm working for you part-time, so I don't take it home with me. I don't want the stress of it. I don't want that added responsibility. Um, I just wanted to use my brain and be out of the house. Um, and they, they both accomplished something. So, so, you know, we're putting together a course. Um, we have um, for the part-time, you know, we have on our Facebook group, a community that we're building so that they can connect with other people because I think there's a lot around part-time that's, that's different. It's, there's gaps in communication. We, were, we talked a lot about communication just a few minutes ago. But when you think about it, if you're in an environment where the majority of the people are working eight to five or nine to five, you're going to have times that you're not there. So, you know, learning how to navigate that, or if you have a set strategy, um, schedule and now you need to change it just even sometimes having other people to go to and say how do I negotiate this with my boss if for some reason you think that that's going to be a problem you know how do we create that that communication and and have the individual help the individual feel like yeah it is part of my role to help the company navigate this with me um you know I think we're seeing the great resignation partially because people companies and individuals haven't had those conversations yep. you know so it's like how do you feel part of the team and so you know our our role is in my opinion is giving them the tools to be really successful from when they decide that they think they want to work part-time till when they completely retire or go to full-time or whatever their their next step in that 
that journey is, is, is give them the resources and the tools and, you know, um, so. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I kind of, I have two things I want to say. I think the first, or one is a question and then one is yeah. a suggestion. Yeah, love it. So first I'll start with a suggestion. Okay. Not really, not really a suggestion, just something I think would be um, cool because it's not really your business vertical right now, but I think it'd be really cool if with that whole self-awareness going into the workplace, like mm-hmm. you took that, maybe you're already doing this, um, to colleges and high schools it kids before they entered the workforce because I know a lot of colleges are shooting people out and they go work at like Chipotle because they one can't get a job and two have no idea what they want to do and they didn't like their degree so I think that kind of self-awareness that you're helping part-time employees get could really apply to college students and high school students as well I I, I, you know that's an awesome suggestion because I know um I, I don't have kids, but I did big brother, big sister. And my little sister, I, when I took her to look at um, colleges, I remember saying to her like, Hey, read the catalog or the core, you know, like whatever the core stuff is. Cause if it doesn't seem fun to you, you're not going to like it. But then conversely, I'll say to like potential employees, like, okay, if you've never worked anywhere before, tell me about what you liked in college. Like what, things gave you energy so yeah it's that same same process you're right (laughs) I love that okay I'll have to figure that one out because that is kind of a a cool cool piece and it may help kids get more out of what they're doing you know because I'm a big one for liberal arts because it helps you to think and write critically but you're right. People don't know how to translate that. It's not a direct skill. So it doesn't feel valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And my question was, um, I'm trying to not forget it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was, are there part-time workers that make a livable wage or is it yes. always kind of a, I want to stimulate my brain, but I have enough income already. Yeah, um, there are part-time that can can make a livable wage. And that's part of where we're going with this is that you know, if you're valuing that person um, on your team and you know, they're not, we want part-time to to not be equivalent to entry level, to not be equivalent but to temporary as a default, right? Like it doesn't mean that you can't work part-time and have it be an entry-level job. But also if, if we look at like the baby boomers and the people turning, you know, 65 now, and some of them are saying, I don't have the resources to retire, or I don't want to retire. I now want to have some extra time to play golf or to travel or whatever. Well, you're not going to pay them minimum wage to work in your office. You know, and we wouldn't want to. We're we're tapping into their brain. So, um, do I think that that it's? I think they're out there. I think you really have to number one look, but also have that conversation of what's the value that you're bringing to this company. Yeah, 
and have the conversation about the fact that if someone's there for, um, you know, doing 20 to 25 hours a week, very often that person's not doing the, the stuff that they're not supposed to on business hours. Right. You know, and it may not even not the stuff, but it's the, the water cooler conversations or the, the many other other pieces Instagram uh, for five minutes <laughs> yeah and, and whatever it may be and and I mean no one's not guilty of it yeah. um, but I interviewed a young woman the other day um, and we did a YouTube video I don't have a podcast and she had transitioned for six months from full-time to part-time for her mental health she just was like I was burned out and needed some some space to breathe and you know i know she got paid a, a living wage with it um and so i think it's out there i think that that again you know that's what i want is that the people that are choosing to work part-time have that ability and the companies get to tap into that brain trust and think about life differently right and say huh okay i could keep this person on and have them do X, Y, or Z and have them be really focused because they're not trying to do six different types of things that are so different. You know, yeah. the person that does, Hey, they're doing my accounting and they're doing my graphic design. Well, very often one of them's not good. Yep. You know, <laughs> like they're better graphic design or they're better at accounting. So, um, yeah. So that's a long-term goal is to really kind of elevate that and let people know like, yeah, it exists. And, and encourage companies to, to think about it differently and invest in the part-time, not just from a salary perspective, but with benefits, with professional development, like have these people be a part of your team. Yeah. Now, I mean, again, there's a brain trust of people and, you know, it's the stay-at-home moms. It's the person that needs to care for an elderly parent. It's the you know, soon to be retiree that's not going to retire. Um, or like my friend that, that I interviewed that's in her 30s and said, I'm either going to quit or, you know, she went to the company and said, here's some things I could do for you. I mean, yeah. which was, I mean, she did it brilliantly. She was like the poster child for how to do it well. But, <laughs> um, yeah. but they were able to retain that. And she loves her company, you know? So be open to that and, and be willing to pay for it. I mean, I think that's the other thing. Don't say, oh, it's a great way to get cheap labor um, because I don't, I don't think it, it benefits from a long-term perspective if, um, for anyone. So. Yeah, there we go. Well, good to hear that they're <laughs> are making livable wages part-time. I was going to yeah. say, you kind of touched on this, but a lot of full-time workers are working part-time anyway. So um, yeah, we'll just leave that one there. <laughs> and it's not that they're working part-time, but I think that what, what happens is when you come in and you say, and we've, we've also all done this, right? Like, oh my goodness, I have six hours to get X done. Mm-hmm. Right? And suddenly in that six hours, you get that and something else done that you might have if you had 12 hours, you might've filled the 12 hours. Um, so someone called it, um, productive procrastination. Have you ever heard that term before? 
I've not heard the term, but I'm familiar with the concept. <laughs> right. So I think that when you have the part-time that has very specific goals that they need to do, they're less apt to, to work on something that they shouldn't, you know, so it may be that it's work. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And I've also heard some stuff about, we only have about two, two, three, four, somewhere around there, hours of like really good functioning in our day to day. And the rest has to be filled with like pretty like lower um, difficulty tasks that aren't as, that don't take as much brain power because we just can't think extremely hard for extended periods of time. We just can't do it. So. Yeah. I've heard that too. And, and it makes me wonder about myself. So <laughs> like, when am I the most productive? But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. A little scary, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Linda, if there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd help you take the next step towards your highest priority dreams and goals, who would they be and how would they do it? So being specific, there's two people that they're no longer in the fast food industry, but they're known in it. One's a, a man named David Novak, um, who was with Yum Brands, and like, you know, the Taco Bell and, and Burger King overseeing and is now talking about leadership. Um, and Kat Cole, who I just, of course, blanked on um, which fast food chain she came out of, but she's also doing a lot around the leadership. Um, those are two specific people, but this would be true for, for companies that really do hire part-time is to have converse, more conversations and be part of a bigger dialogue is how do we get this more in the world of, of the conversation you and I just had to me of, you know, hey, how are we investing in the part-time? And it starts to me, even in the fast food chains, on up is if people are invested in and are seen as valuable members of the team, I think it changes your dynamic and, and having those conversations about what's needed. How do we, how do we do that and make people feel valued and that the number of hours that they work is not, is nothing more than that. It's, it's not make, doesn't make them a second class citizen. Um, and so I'd love to, to figure out how to have more conversations and, and create that energy and that get it more out into the world so that, you know, whether it's the individual or the company, they're, they're saying, yeah, we value part-time and this, these are the things that we're doing to invest in these people um, who are the future of full-time, to be honest, you know? Um, so I think it's beneficial all around it's it's your work ethic it's your all of that so there we go there we and go and i have not been able to figure out i've tried to figure out how to call david novak but i've not been successful so <laughs> i'm not scared to do it i just couldn't find a good number <laughs> <laughs> gotcha gotcha well you know you that's can tag him in this how's that <laughs> absolutely there we go if we ever have him on the podcast i'll definitely make the connection <laughs> there you go <laughs> Cool. Well, what are the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you further this initiative? I think number one is be supportive is especially with moms and it can be dads is understand that they may want to work part-time for mental health. They, 
you know, I've heard, I heard this recently from one of my team members that she was in a conversation and, and a man said to her, well, I don't understand why, you know, some women want to work when it's the same as paying for childcare. Mm-hmm. And I get that sentiment, but be supportive. There may be more to it. You know, how does this person feel valued? How do they um, feel that they're contributing? And don't assume that it's part, that it's temporary. Don't assume that it's entry level. You know, come out if that, hey, you're a valuable member. I want to know what you're doing. That's awesome. And really think about it. And and for small companies out there that may be listening or looking to hire, really come at it per, from the perspective of how am I structuring a job that's going to be make the individual be successful. So I've thought it helped them think it through that I'm creating good communication channels that I'm not setting them up for failure. One of the questions that um, the person I interviewed, her name's Janae, her boss asked her every week was, how's the workload? Is it too much? Is it too little? Or does it feel about right? And I was like, wow, that's amazing, right? Making sure that that person, you know, that she was given a platform to say, hey, I can take on more or yeah, this week I'm feeling a little overwhelmed by this. I'm not sure I'm going to get this all done. Help me work this through. Um, so I think for the small business owners is really helping to structure that and, and think it through and, and realizing that there's a brain trust out there and let's use them, you know, let's engage people where they're at and, and use some of this talent. And, and I think it's going to help all of us. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. I love it. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And the first question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Well, I'm not a movie person. I'm movie illiterate. So we're, we're going to stay away from that one. Oh. Um, and podcasts, I mean, there's so many great ones out there that I'm not going to pick one. And, and I said to you before I started, I started to binge list, listen to yours. So um, you're definitely on the, the top. So I'm going to say two books, one of which is kind of... Um, one that my mom just published her own book and I'm really proud of her and I really like it. And it's called um, Your Cells and the Mighty Crayon. Um, And it's 18 creative nudges. And it's one of those books that I think that people, if they decide to take a look at it, will kind of um, go back to and different pages are going to resonate with them. And then a book that actually, when I was binge listening, one of your guests said, Think and Grow Rich is is the book that I'm kind of digging into right now and realizing how much I don't know um, and still trying to figure out all of that. But um, it's really hard to think. That's a really hard question. It seems like it's a really easy question by you, but it's really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it definitely a lot of people, sometimes people get stumped and I'll have to switch it up. What's the book you've gifted the most? But um, what I really love about Think and Grow Rich, and I would tell a little story. I don't do this often, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> Podcast. Think, <laughs> yep, there we go. In Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill talks about visualization and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the power of it. And I was watching the Olympics yesterday or maybe two days ago with my girlfriend the winter olympics and Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
they had like women's free skiing or something like that. And there was 18 year old from Princeton. So if you're an 18 year old Olympian, that is a female that participated, feel free to hit me up because I was <laughs> very supportive of you while you were doing this. But she visualized her jumps mm-hmm. before she took them and she was in the running for gold. And um, one or two people were ahead of her and she was on the third jump. So it was like last jump. <laughs> and she took the time to visualize again. And I looked at my girlfriend, Gracie, and I was like, she's about to get gold. And I know she is because she's sitting there visualizing and visualizing is so powerful. There's no way she doesn't do it. <laughs> and sure enough, she did the jump, got gold. And it was just wonderful to see the power of visual visualization like live. Cause I, you know, you read about it, you try to do it yourself. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. And then it's like, but you see the power of it. It's just oh, such a beautiful thing. So that's the And it's amazing with the athletes, because I think we, we almost keep them separate from everything else. And I loved how you just brought that together because that is where we hear about the visualization the most is that they sit and will do the routines in their head or, you know, as part of that, the mental game, right? And all of us can think about that, you know, before a podcast, go just like, how are you going to feel? Like you might not know the questions, but feeling like, oh, I'm going to have a good conversation and it's, I'm going to have fun with it. And I'm not going to be a nervous wreck or I'm not, you know, going to say something really dumb that he's going to have to bleep out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But with them, yeah. I mean, their, their ability to the athletes, it's, it's pretty cool. And it's pretty cool to see it in the, the younger athletes too, to see, you know, how they kind of get in their own heads and in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love the fact that you knew that she was going to win though. Like, that's pretty crazy like it's like you tapped into her (laughs) yeah yeah you know it was weird um in that moment this is really weird actually um I was actually um like this is really woo woo trying to communicate with her of like like I was visualizing myself giving her good vibes Mm, that's awesome yeah I was like I know it's gonna happen and I just want you to know that I know it's gonna happen and you know, it was, it was probably nothing, but that's what I was trying to do in that moment, which is why I knew, because right after I started trying to do it, I felt peace about it. I was like, she's visualizing. I was like, no, I know it's going to happen. Like, I'm 100% sure. <laughs> There's, um. so one of my friends has her, has uh, a podcast and she was saying like, she's out of the closet as a woo-woo. And it's like, she 100%, like if, if you were having the conversation with Tina Marie, she would be like, you had that energy for her 100%. Like she wouldn't even doubt it. This is <laughs> <Yeah>. so cool. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome. And you know, Napoleon Hill, he touches on Think and Grow Rich. He has another book, The Law of Success, where he touches on it. Yeah. There are a bunch of other books that touch on it and you'll be reading it and you're like, no way. And then you try it. Like one of the best things I heard about when you're reading these success books is like, go out and try to prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. Like do what they say, see if they're wrong. It's like, no, that it works. <laughs> like, it does work. And I think really. that's the other thing is like the ma- like the power of the mastermind. I think that's the other thing that I find so fascinating with it is, you know, is having the right people around the table and, you know, how he used them. Um, 
but also he, you know, he's also very practical. And I think that's the other thing I like is it's not just like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and visualize and, you know, and then I could get up and, and do that, that flip and blah, 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 you know, or I'm going to become a bazillionaire. It's like, no, you have to con- do the consistent work and take action and, and all of that. It's not just, it isn't just woo woo. It's woo woo with action and, and work um, and a belief. So, yeah. Oh, I love it. Pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, awesome. Linda, what is one way you like to take care of yourself? I already touched on this. I love to go for walks. Like that really is kind of my, my go-to when I just need a break. I need to clear my head. I need, you know, sometimes just even the morning, you know, the alarm will go off and I'll look at the dog and be like, yep, I need to take you around the block. Now our block is 1.5 miles. So it's not a short walk, (laughs) but I always feel better, you know? So, you know, it's good for the mind and it's good um, for the body. So, you know, I mean, I try and eat healthy and exercise and all the blah, 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 but yeah, the one that I enjoy is, is the walking piece of it is, you know, I'm never unhappy that I'm taking a walk. Yeah. There we go. There we go. I'm a big fan of walks too. And I really like doing them alone because I get time to think that I don't usually Mm -hmm. get to. And it's honestly a form of meditation for me of like, I kind of enter into that state where I can just let go. So so there was, when I say grounding, when I was younger, um, I had a nutritionist and she would be like, you know, when you walk, like have crystals come out of your feet and different things like to, to change your energy, you know? So, cause I would take the tea into Boston and then walk to my house, which is like another half a mile or I guess it was a mile walk. And, you know, she was like to ground out, like just ground and let, let go of stuff. And mm. yeah. I love that. Kind of, kind of a cool, cool thing. But yeah, I, someone said to me, I said, I want to get one of my big goals for the year is 4 million steps. And so someone said, oh, you can just do one of those things underneath your desk. And, and I realized I was offended, not more because not really offended, but I was just like, huh? Because I want to move. Like to me, it's not just getting my feet moving. It's, it's physically moving. Yeah, I love you that. Know. So, it's just me. Four million steps. How many steps is that a day? Eleven thousand, like four hundred or something insane. <laughs> and then I went through like three days that my watch wasn't working, and I'm like, I was very mad. I'm like, because it doesn't count if it's not recorded. You have to understand yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. For sure. For so, sure. and my husband and I, like, if we go on vacation we will go for walks. Like we, you know, we have taken cruises and other people are grabbing taxis when you get to a port and we're, you know, at the end of the day, we've done like 18,000 steps or whatever. I mean, it's just kind of what we do. So. Yeah. Um, yeah there we fun. go. <laughs> we'll see if I make it. That's, that's a big, a pretty big goal. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Looking forward to hear about if you make it, when you make it. If I make it. it. It's now out in the public domain. So I guess I have to. (laughs) When you make it, we're going to announce it. There you go. (laughs) Awesome. 
Um, well, what is one action step, and we kind of touched on this earlier, that um, you could take right now or continue to take, if you're already doing it, to either meet the two people you want to meet, David Novak and Kat Cool, or, you know, just keep getting tapped to your big, hairy goal? We're doing, we're, I feel like we're doing this. We're being really consistent with outreach. Um, I do have other people on my team um, and making calls and being consistent with social media. So that's my goal with it is, is every week having connections, setting up calls and getting out there. Um, and you've just, since you've just put Cat Cole and David Novak back on my list, I will dig a little deeper and see if I know anyone that knows them. So there we go. Um, and see what type of conversation I can have with them. So yeah, to, it's, to me, it's the consistency. Yeah. Um, and see where I go with it. I love it. I love it. Consistency is key. Consistency is king. I think it's that in my other word for the year is clarity. So continue to get clarity on our messaging, clarity on, on how we're serving people. Um, and then, you know, communicate that clearly. So there we go. Well, our last question, which if you've binge watched, maybe you've heard it often, pretty sure. I don't know. I, so <laughs> like episode like 85, 86 is out right now. I've recorded up to like episode 180. So like, I'm like, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> so I don't know exactly when I started asking this question. It may not be out yet, but final question requires a bit of pretext. Um, so you know how there are people on the planet that have a really fixed mindset. They're not willing mm -hmm. to accept help, not willing to accept change. Sometimes they'll live their whole life like that. Sometimes they'll die like that. Other times they'll make that switch to that growth mindset, willing to accept help, willing to accept change. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that change? Oh, that's a in really interesting question. I think, I think there's a couple of different things that can be a catalyst for change. One is being surrounded by other people that are open to change and seeing their growth and being curious. Um, another can be when something, you know, when people hit rock bottom. Right. And that's not how you want people to live, but it can make people, you know, stop and say, this isn't what I want. I want something different or something bad. I mean, it's, it's not normally like, Hey, but it can be, I mean, I've heard of people that, you know, like I seem to have it all, you know, I had the fancy house I had, you know, and it wasn't what I wanted. So I feel like there's, it's, it's, it's not normally that person that's just kind of going do to do to do, do and things are are comfortable like it's something that you either interact with someone that you know for me my mom has always been on a growth path and then kind of what we do for a day job has us on a growth path um so I kind of grew up like being exposed to it and then kind of more realized get it on my logical brain to to realize I needed it um, which surprised her. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's, it's partially who you surround yourself with, um, and being, yeah, I don't, I don't even, I mean, I feel like our world now, 
if we go back to Napoleon Hill, right? They didn't have television. They didn't have as much that really exposed people to a different world, right? And now, if you look at the United States, the majority of, of people living in the United States have access to see that there's something different out there through a television, through a computer. So it, it has to be that someone has gotten in their head to, to say that too could be you from someone they respect. So it's like that mentorship or something. Yeah. something, but it's that one-on-one -on -one connection. I feel like, um, that's a uh, really interesting question. I wish I need to think about that more, but I liked that question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. I love asking it. Um, cause I, I really think it's at the core of humanity, you know, it's mm -hmm. like once you get people from fixed mindset to growth mindset and they're more open-minded, willing to accept help, open to change. It's like, the world changes for them and we all experience it at some point or we don't. And then it's tragic. So, but it's that curiosity, right? So, I mean, you're being curious in your question. Yep. And you see people come out of the same background, right? And, and it can be a wealthy background and it can be um, a poor background you know, economic, socioeconomically poor. And some people do extraordinarily well and others don't. And so I think it's that curiosity that something, and some, sometimes it's from internal. And I think if you can solve that question, you could solve a lot in this world. <laughs> so I'm asking it. <laughs> I mean, you said about the, the colleges, right? So it's, that's the question I think that, you know, if we're looking at our kids, you know, the kid, our kids, meaning the collective country's kids, what are we doing to have them be curious and not follow the leader? Yeah. You know, um, because no kid wants to not be like their friends. It takes a lot of courage, but then that doesn't create that growth mindset either. It's facts. It's facts. Yeah. It's the question of the century. I'm coining it. <laughs> no, you should. I mean, I actually think that once a week on your social and stuff, put it out there and, and then compile, like that becomes a book. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Linda, is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? I think, I think we've done a good job of covering it. I, I want to say thank you. Um, you know, I, can I share my social? Yeah, go for it. And all of that. So if people want to follow us, we're on um, Instagram at T-A-P-P-O-N-L-I. And then on Facebook at Tap Online with two P's. So T-A-P-P-O-N-L-I-N-E. And we have a group on LinkedIn. Or you can look me up, Linda Guild. Um, and that's G-U-I-L-D for the spelling, since it's not at all what people think it's going to be. Um, and I'd love to connect and, you know, we want to serve. We want, you know, like I said, our goal is to have part time, just be the hours that you work, not, not have any negative connotations connected with it. So. There we go. Well, Linda, thank you so much for coming on the show.
thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. I've had so much fun. Of course. Yeah, it was great to have you on. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Linda had to say, you vibed with her, you think you can help her out, make sure to make that connection. All the ways to contact her will be in the show notes. As we always ask, send this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message, need to meet Linda. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.